This episode is brought to you by Zeratech Software Development. Are you a company whose commitment to excellence demands effective software tools? Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help build or enhance your technological systems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. You can find them at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. Hey guys, today I sat down and talked to Nels Kilpla. I've had Nels on the podcast before. We talked about photography, a little bit of hunting, uh, but we didn't talk much about horses and horses is a big part of his life. Uh, So I wanted to have him back on to chat about horses, how that journey started and why he enjoys working with horses and riding horses and living that world. Uh, So I enjoyed this one. I hope you guys do as well. Welcome to the Obsessed Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Herkus. In this podcast, we get to meet and hear from folks who are obsessed with a wide array of interesting endeavors. We dive into some awesome stories and look at the mindsets and the psychology of those who are obsessed. Let's go. Hello, Nels. Thanks for coming in today. Hey, Logan. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Here to ask you about your your history with horses. Uh right now you're pretty pumped and all in on horses from what i can tell uh but where did that begin because you had some brief exposures to it but then occasionally that got brought up or where did that horse journey begin for you well it started um i would say when was that it would have been 2015 i guess so yeah it hasn't been that long but um yeah 2015 was the first time that i'd ever swung a leg over a horse okay um yeah from the first i just the immediately fell in love with it you know it's like a lot of things that you don't ever do or you know um that you have never done um but there's some things that you just naturally have like an affinity for and um for me that horses is one of them um but yeah so i I went riding with a buddy in in minnesota um in late winter i don't know if it was february or early march but um and yeah i just i loved it and uh, from there, that fall, then I, I, we rented horses when we were elk hunting out west. Okay. And, uh, so, kind of spent some time, a couple weeks with horses. Then, um, <clears throat> you know, learned a little bit more, uh, whatever. But, mm. uh, but yeah, from that moment, I was like, man, I just, I'd really like to own a horse. But obviously, it just wasn't for where I was living, my living conditions, and and working situation it wasn't it just wasn't an option but mm-hmm. you know then it's like every fall generally we'd we rent horses when we'd elk hunt in colorado so every year i'd i'd have you know some exposure to horses um i don't i can't remember if i rode with with chris much after that but um but yeah so it was kind of a a, a long time coming and then um oh two years ago a buddy of buddy of mine that lives in uh, Richardson, North Dakota, which is right outside of Dickinson, but he he owns ten acres, and uh, he got interested in horses. And I heard that he was buying a couple horses, and I was like, "Oh, hey, talk to him." I was like, "Hey, Phil, like, I'd love to get some horses too, man. I'll help you out with fencing, hey, whatever, like, you mm-hmm. know, if I can keep them at your place." So, so yeah, we just kind of worked it out and. I helped him finish fencing his property. He he had started, and most of the outer boundary was fenced, but helped him finish the, around corral and some other sections of fence. But 
Um, yes. And I picked up two horses and, um, they're actually father and son. They were at the time they were 15 and 17. Okay. Well, yeah, 14 and 16. Sorry. But, um, but so I had those for about four months and, uh, junior, which was the younger one, he, uh, he, he colicked. And, uh, so he passed away. Um, basically colic is when they get a, a, uh, it's kind of like indigestion, but they get in their stomach kind of ends up twisting or their intestines. And then, uh, well, his stomach ruptured. So, um, they just, they end up getting blood poisoning and there's, you know, there's, you know, we got him to the vet, but the vet was like, ah, it's like, he's, you know, I don't know. She took a look at him and she knew just by checking his gums and stuff that he was, that he was too far gone to, <clears throat> to cut open and, and mm. save. So, <clears throat> so then a few months after that, I ended up buying, um, a set, another horse. Um, and it, that was a mare, but, uh, bought her out of Bismarck and, I was told she was six. Turns out she was four <laughs> or, you know, maybe even younger. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, you can get kind of a, a, when they're real young, it's hard to really nail down an age, but as they get older, there's certain, the way their teeth wear are mm-hmm. really distinct and, uh, they call it a five-year hook. They get on the back of their front incisors and she doesn't have those yet. So my guess is though, that she's, probably turning five um this summer okay most horses in north dakota are fold in that you know summertime obviously because spring is still so so cold and miserable Mm -hmm. not like up here but right fold meaning that's when they're born is yeah yeah, midsummer right yep um but those first experiences on the horse you said it was uh riding with chris and then renting in colorado for elk hunting Mm -hmm. uh and that gripped you right away Oh, yeah. uh, I feel like for a lot of guys, it's just a, a method to get back there and almost uh, uh, will deal with the nuisance of the horse, right? Yeah. Whereas you didn't take that perspective? No, I didn't at all. Um, and, yeah, I, I just I just really enjoyed being around the horses. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was always kind of odd to me that people despised them so much, but yeah. they used them because they're such a viable tool. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they are like a, you know, a thousand pound one-year-old at times, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. For me, that's just part of the allure. It's, it's, uh, it's an interesting, yeah, interesting, uh, experience all the time. <laughs> right. But, but a lot of it has to do with your confidence level with them too, right? Like, I mean, right off the yeah. gate, if you're, if you're not confident, they'll feel that and, uh, mm-hmm. take advantage of you and, or, or, or exploit that weakness. Right. Were you confident right off the bat? Um, yeah, to some degree, um, but, um, but obviously I had my, my, uh, my anxieties as well. They're, they're a large animal and they're capable of running 35 miles an hour and, and not to mention the ability to buck. I mean, most horses, you know, most saddle horses, it's, it's not a common thing to buck. Okay. Obviously as a colt, when they're first saddled and they're first rode, there's, a lot of times, most colts will buck when the first time they have a saddle and they start trotting around the round corral. But right, but generally, that's usually that's the only time. You know, most most colts after that they figure out well, it's just much easier to not buck because it, it's an extreme amount. It takes an extreme amount of energy to to buck, and you know, mm-hmm. 
and jump and, and kick like they do. <clears throat> so, but uh, but Penny, she she bucks. So yeah. <laughs> she's put me in the dirt twice, and okay. I was able to ride her out one time. So yeah. I'm one for three, but um, yeah, but yeah, she's I don't know, she's a really good horse, and she's super gentle on the ground. Um, like when you work around her on the ground, she's um, super gentle. If you try to feed her out of your hand, she's like, she's almost like you almost have to like put it into her mouth. Mm-hmm. And she's really, really gentle. Like she uses her lips to kind of pick up whatever you're trying to feed her. Right. And uh, yeah, she's not, um, she's not at all aggressive with with that sort of stuff. But then, but she's she's kind of uh, she's kind of a little anxious at times and that's what that's what kind of spurs the bucking it's like you know you'll be riding and something will trigger and uh and it's hard to bring her okay to bring her back down to where she's actually thinking right she's just reacting when she starts bucking right something spooks her so instinctively she just is in that that flea mode right then it's like she's not thinking that oh someone's on my back it's like all of a sudden there's something on my back i'm in flight mode Mm -hmm. and it's it's like you know like i say she's just being a horse and yeah yeah so then she freaks out because something's on her back so then she starts curl hopping and bucking and Mm -hmm. (laughs) and yeah at a walk or or a slow trot it's it's manageable but um we were kind of what they call a long trot where they it's kind of like a probably eight mile an hour trot but Okay. down a gravel road the the uh the last time she bucked and mm. she jumped straight clear sideways about eight feet down into the ditch and then just started pitching a fit and yeah and uh and got me way off balance and um i was debating i was hanging on and i was debating whether i try and ride this out because i was hanging so far off of mm. her and she was heading for the trees or if I just bail here in the grass and in the you know knee high brush, right? As opposed to getting smacked off a tree or something. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, ah, just kind of like just kicked free and 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 just basically jumped off and yeah, and then yeah, so she kind of bucked out. And the other three horses that were there just like stood there watching her, like. Mm-hmm. What kind of crack are you smoking? Right. <laughs> but it's kind of funny. Whatever triggered her, they were oblivious to. So yeah. Um, but is that an effect of, or is that typical with a younger horse, like a four-year-old horse versus mm-hmm. a ten-year-old horse? Or yeah. Something like that? Yeah, because like so, Nakoma is well. I mean, he'll be turning eighteen this summer, and he's a totally different, different animal. Yeah. <laughs> really, he's. Uh, I call him my babysitter. I could put anybody on him. Okay. And. Uh, he would just he would follow the horses that are ahead of him. He'll pick his way through hills, whatever, hmm. you know, cross rivers. Like you know, no sweat. But yeah. um and he he braces when something spooks him. Okay. Like he doesn't he wouldn't buck and bolt and take off running. He he'd just kinda of brace, lock his feet up, you know, and kinda of get and he might like step around a little bit, but he'll never like bolt or take off running. Yeah. And um, so I always mention that to anyone that's riding him, you know, that mm-hmm. isn't a competent rider. I'm like, you know, I'm like, he's, he knows you're new. Right. Like as soon as you climb on him, hmm. um, like I always say, I, I always tell people that if you sit in your, you know, if you're sitting in your chair and you sit up straight, like 
and you have a good posture like that's how you ride a horse right you, your back is straight and you're um and if you just simply turn your shoulder slightly right you'll feel that like in your seat if you pay attention to it well that's exactly what a horse can feel okay um, i mean they can feel everything that you're feeling and it, it's it's pretty it, it's pretty crazy when it's almost like they start moving off your intuition at some point you know huh. like people have trouble steering the coma or you know they'll be like what's wrong with this thing and one of my buddies told me one was was uh complaining he said ah, i think this horse is broke you know yeah. <laughs> he's like something's wrong with it it doesn't he don't want to turn and it was funny because it was like because you you've you've gave him too much slack and then he knows you don't know what you're what you're doing and you're not confident in what you're telling him right and like the best way to teach a horse is they're black and white, like yes or no. Right. There's, you know, there's no middle ground. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, but yet I can ride him with one hand and, you know, just, I'm not pulling on his mouth at all. Just if I simply lay the reins against one side of his neck and my hand goes that direction, like a, he can see my hand. Right. And then he can feel that, that one loose rein touch his neck and he knows that, oh, you know, he wants me to go this direction. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like, you know, cause obviously I've ridden him a lot. Mm -hmm. Penny's the same way They they just kind of, they really pick up on your intentions and they're really good at reading your body language as, you know, as you progress. Cause, huh. they, cause that's how they communicate is, is, uh, with body language. They don't talk to each other. They don't, I mean, they'll whinny and grunt and snort once in a while, but usually that's when they're in like a real heightened state of either anxiety or excitement yeah whatever but the average day-to-day -day, it's like you know a flick of the ear or they'll kind of puff the chest out lift the head or they'll they'll flick their tail whatever it is that kind of gives you know or they'll pin their ears and kind of toss their head when they get kind of pissy with another horse but right um so what about yeah. initially though the uh the, that first trip you said you were gripped right away and you really enjoyed it, but what about it gripped you? Was it the, the, like the, uh, animal connection side? Was it the utility of it? Was it the, uh, relationship with the horse or what? Yeah. What was, what was it that gripped you about it? I mean, it was kind of a little bit of everything, but I think, um, overall it was just the, like, like you said, just the, the relationship, the, you know, the, I've always just had an affinity for animals. You know, I love dogs. Yeah. Um, um I've always loved dog grew up with a dog but um but this was just like that whole next level huh. and uh you know there's the saying there's something about horses there's the country song by tim mcgraw you know the, yeah. the chorus is you know there's something about horses but huh. and i've had people ask me that they're like yeah what the heck you know people always say like man there's just something different about horses and um i mean i guess the simplest thing that i can like um the simplest way I can explain it, I guess, or that, that I can wrap my head around it is that they have a, I just feel like they have a very high emotional intelligence okay. compared to most animals. Hmm. Um, you know, they're not necessarily more intelligent than, than dogs or whatever, but when it comes to you and them, like you said, that, you know, they seem to notice when you don't know what you're doing. Or, right they know that you haven't been around horses much. Yeah. So it kind of makes them a little bit edgy and they're kind of like, they kind of tend to watch people 
that they haven't seen very much because huh. it's like you kind of learn to move a certain way around them. It's you, you learn to be real deliberate in your motions, mm-hmm. like quick, sudden movements or, or sudden loud noises. It's like that kind of stuff, like, you know, on a horse that hasn't, that spends a lot of time in the pasture like ours do. Right. I mean, unless we're riding them, they're out in, you know, anywhere from a two to 10 to 12 acre pasture. So, um, so they're kind of on alert when they're out there, obviously, because they're watching for each other, looking for danger. But um. hmm. So, but outside of the relationship side or the emotional side, which obviously is a huge part of it, uh, the functional portion for you is one enjoyment, just the entertainment of the riding, but also the hunting and then photography as well, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't have enough trust with Penny yet to put camera gear on her, but, okay. um, <laughs> but Nakoma, yeah. yeah. And, and I guess I have carried a camera. Um, we went to Wyoming and we, we hunted mountain lions and so we ran the mountain lions with dogs and you mm. just follow the dogs with the horses and, um, you run out of daylight. You just, we had tents and stuff with us and set up camp and sleep. Um, but I had, I did have a camera with me on okay. a penny then, but, um, but I, ha- I haven't like used them specifically for photography yet um that's that is my plan um but, okay um but yeah nakoma i trust him a lot more so if i was to go out you know specifically with the camera gear i would take him first because he's like i said he's just a lot more level-headed um, right and he's just he's more mature of a horse and that's you know they're a lot like people you know most mm-hmm. older people don't fly off the handle for unnecessary reasons but you know right. four-year-old three-year-old kid right, <laughs> right? it's like <laughs> that happens well it's you know the same way with horses i mean they'll live to 30 so yeah. they're similar in their in their kind of age groups as as us so um but yeah so nicoma would be kind of like a middle-aged middle late middle-aged horse so yeah he, he kind of has that mentality Right. But you guys do go on quite a bit of just weekend rides or evening rides and that kind of thing, hey? Yeah. Yep. Um, really, wintertime, it's weather dependent. Okay. And, you know, the winters can get really cold out there, and, and uh, it's just, A, it's not comfortable for us, the rider, but um, but one of the bigger, larger reasons for me is just it's not good for the horses, right? I mean, if it's negative 20. Right. And, you take them out, you give them a workout, they're sweating. Well, now, you know, they live out there. Now they have to deal with this, the sweat that's drying. And, and mm. um, so, yeah, generally when it's really cold or really miserable, I just, you know, we just wait till it warms up or, you know, but. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, windy days, you know, they get kind of, um they get kind of bothered on really, really windy days too. So okay. sometimes, you know, the, the weather affects them a lot. So it, you know, really windy days generally, it's like, ah, it's just easier not to ride because mm-hmm. you know, they're going to be, you know, they're just, for some reason, their, their anxiety levels higher just as a whole, even the older horses. But yeah, that and same thing. I mean, wind blowing in your ears is, <laughs> is no fun either, but right. Oh. But for me, I'm, uh, I'm picturing, okay, the, the, I could see that the, just like with a dog, right? Like you said, but the uh, relationship or the emotional side is cool. Like you go out there and you can tell that they're excited to see, or maybe they won't, whatever. I just little mm-hmm. things I could see being pretty cool, but also 
I could picture myself like the adventurous side. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like a throwback to 150 years ago. I mean, you know yeah. what I mean? It feels like you're, I don't know. It doesn't have to be a time thing either, but I feel like there is a time component as well as just like a freedom. Like, Hey, let's go 20 miles. No problem. Let's mm-hmm. go do it. You know, I, I don't know. There's a, yeah. that component of it to me is super intriguing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's different than anything else. Like I, I mean, I rode four wheelers and dirt bikes and jet skis and everything when I was young and, yeah. and it's great, but it's that those are enjoyable things like you get joy from them right it's, it's mm. not happiness right you sure you don't gain happiness from riding a four-wheeler or snowmobile but with horses that's what it is it's like this really peaceful kind of uh yeah it's a really peaceful um interaction mm-hmm. or activity right so it's like right. you go out there the horses are i mean when you're walking them you know you're walking them through the country or riding in the mountains um you know if you're not pulling you know pulling a really long hill or something and you know and when they're legged up and they're in good shape like i mean it's just you can you you don't even really hear them breathing it's like there's a creak of the saddle Mm -hmm. might be you know squeak of the reins every now and then there's just like it's there's just this this like peaceful side of it that's that i really enjoy where it's like right you know you don't feel so obtrusive out there riding around because you know, it's like they kind of, in a way, kind of belong out there, right? I mean, they're another animal, just like deer or elk, and right. And that's another flip side: is the deer, the elk, are they? They tend to allow you to get a lot closer. I mean, we've seen a lot of big bucks, a lot of big bull elk. I mean, when we've rode in the park, yeah, I mean, you can ride right through a herd of bison with them. Huh. The bison just kind of look at you, and they just. You know, huh? Well, it's another horse, and a weird looking horse, but right. well, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I had a couple of buddies out this fall, and that's what we did. I mean, we we're you know we were ten, fifteen feet from a couple big bison bulls, and they're huh. just feeding. And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of neat because like you feel hundred percent safe because really you are. I mean, if those bison were to charge, which they don't, I mean, you can tell by their body language they're completely comfortable and they're not agitated at all. But right, the horses easily move out and you know get you out of danger but yeah um but yeah it is like um anyone who loves just hiking in general would i feel would would love doing it on a horse i mean right after you get over the initial anxiety of climbing on the back of something that that has a mind of its own but Mm. What about too? I'm picturing like again. I'm talking about the adventurous side. I'm picturing you're a seven year old kid going out in your backyard on this adventure, and you're a pioneer or whatever mm-hmm. else. I still feel like there's like an element of that in oh. there. I don't know. I, I I would be thinking about that kind of stuff myself, like thinking I'm a on a uh, Theodore Roosevelt riding through the Badlands mm-hmm. on my horse or something like that. You know what I mean? Is there? Yeah. Do you feel like that at no, all? No, it does. It definitely. Um, it definitely tends to take you back in time for sure. It's like yeah. Because it's such a simple thing, just a man and a horse, and and you know this animal lives off the land the same as we have for hundreds of years, right? And it's and I don't know, it's just one of those things. Like from day one, a horse just it always made sense to me, mm-hmm. I guess, you know. Hmm. And uh, and I and I love hiking, I love covering country, yeah. And a horse is just a way more viable option for that, right? I mean, it's like like you said, I mean, I can cover twenty miles in a day, no problem, right? And the best part is, is I'm not even winded. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's like I could yeah. be sipping coffee the whole time. Right. 
but uh but yeah and then just just um yeah it's a it's a really a really enjoyable way to to kind of see the country and, and yeah out there we're fortunate enough i mean the, the national grasslands the federal lands i mean there's 1.34 million acres that we can ride hmm. and then um on top of that there's also you know private land that they allow hunting and so on on but right you know technically you can't ride on those or access those other than hunting but, sure um but yeah just the national grasslands alone and then the national parks um you know theodore roosevelt both port both of those parks we can ride yeah you can ride anywhere you want which <clears throat> is kind of neat because you know there's a lot of that park that that's i mean you got to you got to cover some country with a pack on your back if you want to go if you want to go see it right but right on a horse you could do it in a day you yeah. know you could do a big you know do a 20 mile loop through some of the wild corners of that park and mm -hmm. like i said a lot of wildlife and everything that you can experience and see in it and like it like you said it does feel like you're like it's you know <laughs> 1876 sometimes you know you right. can't hear any cars you can't see any roads and yeah you know you're it's really quiet there's no there's none of that like modern day hum right of, right but yeah and a lot of things that i think grip me or grip a lot of people is when you're in it that's all that matters in that moment right mm -hmm. you know what i mean you're not thinking about the bill that you didn't pay last week or, or rent that's due next month or yeah or what time you got to be at work tomorrow or whatever is that true for when you're with horses as well are you mm -hmm. totally immersed in that world yeah oh yeah for yeah. sure it's yeah like i said it's such a it's such a simple kind of natural thing for me anyway it was yeah. just kind of you know it was like it's the same thing as you know it's like yeah i don't know i mean i could sit on the back of a horse for all day every day if yeah. i could you know but right. um, i just i really really enjoy it and once you get you know kind of conditioned it's it is no big deal to ride for four or five hours and yeah stop and take a break and right you just like wow i could climb down back nice comfy up here but, yeah. <laughs> um, remember i sent you that video uh you said you already watched i don't remember what it's called my sister shared it with me the uh the guys that took the horses from border to border from yeah Mex is it mexico unbranded. to canada unbranded yeah yeah uh sweet video but mm -hmm. would you ever consider something like that yeah i mean i've we we've tossed the idea around you know me and my buddies out there of doing the the mata hay trail in north dakota it's 144 miles long okay doing that end to end but um but if I did it, I'd like to do it just as light as possible. Okay. And just kind of travel, you know, cover some country every day, do like 25, 30 miles, mm -hmm. you know, so you can do it in four or five days. Um, but, or it's like, you know, cause we debated already take a couple pack horses and then, um, you could, you know, not specifically a pack horse. Cause either of my horses, I, <clears throat> I can throw packs on okay. instead of a rider. And, right. We've done it in Colorado now. Last year we did, and, and but you know, so that and that's the benefit of having two horses is you'd have that option that you always got a pack horse. But mm -hmm. but yeah, so that, that's kind of in the in the uh, in the initial stages, I guess you could say. I mean, we we hope to do it. Right. Um. I would. I wouldn't. I would like to do it this summer, but I mean, we have. I have. Um, I have plans of going to Colorado and Nebraska 
to ride this summer as well. So okay. um, areas that we're planning on hunting. So hmm. I'm going to go in the summer, take the horses, just, um, just cover some country, not necessarily look for deer or bucks that I'm going to shoot, but just to see what the lay of the land is like. Cause um, mm-hmm. you know, I just like Nebraska, I haven't hunted that unit, so I'm not familiar with it. And you know how it is hunting. Like the biggest, the biggest advantage is just knowing, knowing the the ground you're hunting. So, right. But, uh, but yeah. So I mean, camping trips. I, I have camped with them several times already. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Colorado for two weeks last fall, and then uh, we've done some camping trips in the Badlands, you know, for a weekend or whatever. But it, yeah, it's amazing how how well the relationship grows on just a weekend camping trip like that when you're with them for all day pretty much every day right and uh and how they grow mentally when you huh. when you tie them up at night right or they'll just high line them or even electric fence but in colorado we just tend to high line them which is basically a it'd be like a clothesline essentially that you tie between two trees and then you tie the horse to that okay so that they can't you know get their leg through the lead rope or get tangled up sure but they have the ability to kind of move around <clears throat> but uh yeah it, it kind of teaches them a lot of patience huh. you know their horses are are a lot like people right it's like you're 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 much better <laughs> component of society if you're if you have you know the higher level of patience you have horses are the same way but the, you know they need to be taught that yeah and, and uh but yeah and then we'll just hobble graze them where you, you know they're basically like a set of leather handcuffs that you put around their front two legs okay and um they it keeps the leg you know they can't spread their front legs further than like six or seven inches apart mm-hmm. and uh they'll either walk in like real uh short shuffle steps or they'll kind of jump like hop with their front feet um and it makes them easy to catch, right? Because they don't always want to be caught and right. saddled and whatever. So yeah, that and it keep keeps them from ranging too far. But um, but yeah, all those little things like that, they just they really help. They just really help the horse mentally to learn to just relax and calm down and just you know. But um, yeah. Forrester Research interviewed 206 senior technology leaders in major organizations responsible for software development sourcing. 63% said their software development service partners do not have a full understanding of their end customer. If you're dead serious about moving faster and getting more done, Zeratech Software Development can help you move forward with confidence. Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help solve your problems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. As they align with their clients, they use a proven method to understand the scope of the problem and help demystify the steps to make it go away. They will deliver the software solution you need, and they do it with the integrity that you'd expect from a family-owned business in the heartland of America. Schedule a call with the team at Zeratech today at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. But those camping trips, the... Uh the non-hunting ones is that uh, just another level on like the peacefulness and the uh the adventure side of things is that pretty sweet i picture yeah. it to be a pretty sweet feeling yeah it's uh it's it's a whole step up from 
a lot of camping trips that most people take, right? I mean, right. a camping trip in general, even you know, even if you go out to McLean State Park or you just go to a regular state campground with a camper mm-hmm. or a tent or whatever, right? It's like all you're trying to do is just simplify everything, right? And just kind of forget about the complexities of everyday life that we deal with all the time. Right. This is just going a step further, and it's even simpler in the form that you got a saddle, saddle pad, Right. Set of rains and uh you know a tent and your sleeping bag and right and uh um that's what i really enjoy it's you know it's just it's just really spartan you right. know and it and it almost becomes more enjoyable it you know as modern humans we it, it tends to take a while you know it's hard for us to accept that as you know as freeing as it is it's hard to kind of accept like the simplicity of things sometimes right like right. simplifying things it's like oh but i have all these things i don't know man i could you know we have a hard time letting go of some things and and uh but yeah with the horses that's kind of what it is it's like no i just you know we have these things and mm-hmm. that's it i got me the horse you know sleeping bag something to keep me warm some food right and, and that's it but yeah, but really, you replace your uh, sleeping bag with a bedroll and your tent with a open sky. It might as well be eighteen sixty three. You know what I mean? Yeah, it truly yeah. is a throwback. And that I don't know. That that's just that's really cool. Something yeah. about that simple. And again, you're looking at a view; you can't see a thing around you. It, the landscape looks like mm-hmm. it did one hundred fifty years ago too. You know? Yeah. That that whole component of it to me is just super neat. That it, yeah. yeah, it's simpler. It's a throwback. It's uh, adventure. It's uh, slowing down. All of that is to me what sounds just unreal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, no, they're no, they're they're special animals. I mean, most <laughs> most are. You know, there's a reason. There's a reason dogs are are and always have been such an integral part of of like humans, right? And right. Our, our existence here and horses are, are no different i mean they 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 serve a real viable purpose and they, and they still do today and especially in the ranching community mm-hmm. um, they're used they're used every day right in, in most of the large-scale ranches out west i mean it's like the the old school cowboy is still alive and well in in many many areas of, of the west whether it's arizona new mexico Nevada, Utah, Montana, Idaho, right, California. It's like all these places that have, you know, massive roadless ranches, and uh, right. the most effective way to work cattle is still with a horse. Right. I mean, it's it's because the cattle, especially with the, especially with a with a horse and rider that deals with them on a daily basis that rides through the herd on a daily basis to check them. If one gets sick, they'll rope them just like they did in the old days. Mm-hmm. Um, tie off to their saddle. They'll lay the, lay the heifer, or the calf down and they'll doctor it, you know, right. get medicine or do what needs to be done and then let them loose and, you know, continue on. But yeah, you know, there's still a lot of large scale operations that, that work that way. Right. You know, yeah, the few brands I've been on, the horses were far more effective than me on a four-wheeler. Mm-hmm. I mean, on the four-wheeler, I'm stuck to the main roads and yeah. super easily traversed ridges. Otherwise, the horses are in and out of all these deep cuts and yeah. whatever else, yeah. Yeah, and then they're, and then especially a well, 
a well-trained horse that's what they call cowie okay where they they really they really like they're good like they they like cows and they like to push cows around and right and uh you know those kind of horses are 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 high dollar horses but a lot of those ranches and so on you know that's what they they either breed horses that are like that or they buy horses that are like that okay um and yeah i mean you put them on a cow and they'll just run them down yeah you'll rope them and you know it's like they see a cow take off running and they just take off after you don't have to tell them it's like they know like that's my job yeah they're almost like a like a hound you know right um but what would you think i asked you about that unbranded what would you like what are your thoughts on doing that would you ever consider that if you did would you enjoy it that five month or two month or three month or however long it takes to get from mexico to canada would you what is that yeah does that speak to you yeah it does for sure like i said um i i still don't feel like i would be i mean obviously with work and everything else it's just it it's really not an option i have to quit my job again but right. <laughs> uh, but yeah that is that is something that is definitely and that's why that i've watched it a couple times actually but yeah I, it's very entertaining to me because it is something that i could really see myself enjoying you yeah. know like i said like the two weeks that I usually spend every year in the mountains, Colorado, with horses and 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 obviously all the guys I'm camping with, my uncles, brothers, you know, mm-hmm. cousins, buddies, whatever. Um, it's just never long enough. Right. You know? It does recharge you. I mean, it's it definitely does something for you. I mean, you've probably experienced that with hunting mm-hmm. trips or just just camping trips in general, right? It's right. Just, it's one of those things that tends to kind of feels like it almost resets you yeah um but yeah it's like those trips just uh, yeah, man it's like man it's over already right you know? it's kind of this, this bittersweetness like obviously you're ready for you know a, a nice shower every day and and mm-hmm. you know i can turn on the faucet and there's water there i don't have to boil it or filter it to drink it or mm-hmm. you know but but yeah it's like yeah it's tough to tough when it's when it's over all the time you know, right yeah like, i just love to do this for like a month yeah right <laughs> and then i do it for a month and i'd probably be like oh i'd love yeah. to do this for two months <laughs> right. Right. oh yeah. yeah that's why i'm asking that and probably people probably get annoyed by it but i keep talking about these long hikes like the pacific crest trail and all that stuff because mm-hmm. just the thought of that i just really want to know what is that brain space like because you yeah. can get it in a week right or two weeks and you're like man that's unreal that, that two weeks time slows down. You're starting to hear the birds and the sunrise and see that whatever, like the, yeah. it just, you, you take a slower pace, but I really want to know what is that brain space life after four weeks? What's it like after six months or, or three mm-hmm. months or whatever? Yeah. Uh, and, and just being totally disconnected from, yeah, just the, like you said, the hum of day-to-day life. Mm-hmm what's that space like for that expended extended period of time? I've never experienced anything like that for longer than a week. Yeah. Uh, and I just, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't stop thinking about what that would be like. Yeah. Like I said, I'm, I've, I've only experienced it for a couple of weeks, um, at a time. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, but yeah, like you said, it's something that I just like you constantly crave and, right. <laughs> you know, you look, you look to get it in, in other ways. And like mm-hmm. I said, the, the horses is kind of a way that I can, is it, you know, the photography side, I mean, that, that helps as well sure but the horses is kind of a, a another it's like you got a partner with you but hmm. 
but you don't. But it's like this, yeah. I mean, you have a partner with you, but you don't speak the same language, or, or you're you're learning their language is what it is, and, yeah. and you kind of learn that like you you're you're constantly communicating with your horse when you're on it, right? right. I mean, they they feel everything you do. They feel you sneeze, cough. They feel you turn your head. I mean, every adjustment of weight, they feel that through the saddle. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's kind of, it's it's one of those things where it's like you have a buddy, but you it's like this different different sort of language, this different headspace, I guess you could say, that, yeah. that you get into because it's like you kind of, you slowly pick up and you, you, you start to emulate the things that they do. Like when you move, like I said, like when you move around them, you know, when you walk around a horse, like I'll, I'll tend to just touch them when I walk around, huh. when I walk around behind them, um, you know, just, it's like a, Hey, I'm here right. kind of thing. Um, just so you don't startle them. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't really get worried about my horses kicking me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I pick up their feet weekly, you right. know, pick their feet and, and, and whatever. I mean, they're, they're comfortable with me. I'm comfortable with them. Yeah. Um, but it's just kind of like a, a polite way of, of, of letting them know like, Hey, I'm coming behind you. I don't, you know, you don't want, I want, I don't want to startle you. And yeah, it's the same thing. Like, like you never look a horse in the eye. Huh. If you look them in the eyes, you're actually telling them to get a, move out of my space, get away from me. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. If you ever watch, like, I mean, most people don't sit around watching horses in a pasture or anything, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, generally when they're when they're fighting or they're playing or whatever, it's like yeah, that one horse they'll they'll look directly at that horse and they'll run straight at them, hmm. and they'll to push them out of the way. That's you know, so it's something that I had to learn, and, and I'm obviously still getting better at it. But um, basically, wherever your belt buckle's pointed, essentially, and wherever your eyes are looking, whatever you're looking at is what you're telling to move away from you in, huh. in, in the language of a horse in the body language of a horse. So when you approach a horse, it's, it's, it's kind of counterintuitive, but you don't want to appear like, like chest up, head up, you know, chest out, walk straight up to them. Cause when you do that, you're telling them that this is my space, get away from me. Right. So you kind of want your, your shoulders down kind of, I, I generally tend to keep my head kind of down not staring at the ground, but just kind of down. So my eyes aren't, aren't looking up mm-hmm. and it, almost like you would be in like a submissive position. And then I just kind of quarter towards them. Okay. Right. So you just kind of work on angles into them. Huh. And then, uh, yeah, they don't always want to be caught. And especially Ricky's horse, uh, spits, he's young. He's, <laughs> he's, he's turning four. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, if he hasn't been caught in a few weeks, he just, he doesn't, you know, he's like a little child and head comes up and his chest comes out and he just wraps around yeah. and so you got to kind of cut him off. But, um, but yeah, you learn too, to read like, like how to drive a horse and how to stop a horse. And basically the center line of their front shoulder is the drive line. So if you're behind that shoulder, you're, you're pushing the horse. Okay. Right. So as soon as you, so like if they're circling out they're circling out to get around you a lot of times all you have to do is take one or two big steps to whichever direction they're running and if you get ahead of that shoulder it's kind of neat when you learn that because when you initially learn that it's just like bam it's like you just locked up the brakes and they're like whoa they'll stop and then they'll try to go back the other way 
Right. And you'll cut them, and you'll cut them off. And but I mean, you may be fifty yards from them. Hmm. You you stop them, and then you know you get them to kind of calm down, relax, and then you just kind of slowly move in again. And sometimes they'll try to run again, so you can just kind of cut them off. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, eventually, um, eventually they'll just they realize like yeah, I mean, like, yeah, he's gonna catch me like he did two weeks ago. Right. <laughs> I mean, I could run around, but he's just going to catch me, you know? (laughs) So, but it's one of those things where, you know, to prevent bad habits, though, you have to follow through. So it's like, if you started to chase him and didn't catch him and let him get away, then that could create a major issue, right? So, but Penny, she's, she's gotten real easy to catch and she'll only, she'll only try to get away from you a few times and then. And then she just kind of gives up and the head will go down and she just kind of like, okay, but and when they stop and they kind of face up to you and they're looking at you, their head will kind of drop and their shoulders kind of drop and it's like you can visibly see that they're like they're like saying, "Okay, I'm caught." Yeah. So then you just walk up, put the halter on, and okay, good to go. But um, do they get yeah. like uh, not quirky is not the right word, but I I picture if you and I were to go walk out to your horses right now. I'm not going to know anything about their mood, mm-hmm. what they're feeling or anything. Whereas I feel like you're going to be like, yeah, look, he's looking that way and he's doing this. Cause oh, he got agitated last night or he's angry at me cause I didn't do this or whatever. Is that, yeah. do you get pretty intuitive that way on where you can tell yeah. what they're feeling and yeah, whatever for else sure. And um, yeah, you do okay. for sure. It's, it's one of those things that, you know, and, and that just comes down to, like you said, just a lot of time that I've spent with them and, and, mm-hmm just like anything i mean people know their dogs i mean they look at their dog in the morning they know if it's feeling sick or or not but right and horses are very similar and then yeah i mean you get a real cool crisp morning in the summer and the fall and yeah good luck catching them yeah they they just yeah it's just funny they just they get the the blood is going and some days it's just like oh man this is going to be fun trying to catch them yeah (laughs) crap you know but and then other days you walk out there and it's like they're just they're super chill they're all just kind of standing there hip shot and kind of dozing and Mm. you know but but yeah they're they're uh they're very interesting and yeah and uh and yeah they, they 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 see the world so different and uh, I watched a video of a lady who was really good with cattle and horses and other animals. But um, and it was a super informational video. It was real short, but um, but the biggest takeaway I learned from her was that um, animals see in objects, right? So, like like dogs do have a, a language, right? And and we can communicate well with commands and so on. They learn well, but horses don't. They say about the max amount of words you can teach a horse is about four okay. four or five and so it's like with a horse there's there's none of that com- vocal communication so you know i mean you can talk to your horse all you want but it don't mean nothing to it right it's only going to make you feel better right right <laughs> but if you feel better your horse will mirror that so sure you know that's why a lot of people think that oh no my horse loves when i talk to it no you love when you talk to your horse and yeah in turn, the horse feels your energy and the horse feels good because you're feeling good. Sure. They're just a really big mirror of, of, of what you're feeling. Right. You know, like every time someone new gets on the coma and I'm helping him adjust the stirrups or whatever, it's like, I mean, he's just like, you know, he's kind of a little bit on, a little bit edgy and like, he's like looking like, oh man, 
who is this guy? Like, he's feeling them out. You know, he can mm-hmm. tell, like, this person is a little anxious. They're a little nervous. And, you know, it's not me. Right. And it's funny. We'll be out riding and they'll be following. You know, there'll be eight of us riding. We'll stop and we'll just be hanging out. And Nakoma will just come and kind of edge up real <laughs> close to, like, me and Penny, you know. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because. Because it's like, you know, I mean, I can ride him anywhere. And right. he'll go wherever he wants. He'll lead the pack when I'm on him. But, like, when someone else is on him that's new to riding, he just kind of falls in line. And he just tends to follow me or Penny. Or huh. he'll follow Ricky and Spitz. And, you know, because yeah. the horses they're familiar with, they like to they like to be with. But Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. So, it's like, yeah, I mean, you notice all the little things. And, and yeah, I mean, day to day you walk out there and you can tell, like, what kind of mood they're in. And mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, if you got a bucket in my hand, they're gonna be excited. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they see that bucket and they're like, "Grain," you right. know. But but yeah, so they see the world in objects. So cool. um, <clears throat> so it, in so much, so many, so many like quirks made sense after I watched that video because you okay. can ride a horse by a park bench or something, right? It's on the side of the trail, mm-hmm. and it's like it's no big deal. And then you turn around and you come the other way. And you get near that thing, and they're snorting, and they're stomping, and they're sidestepping, and they're trying to do a big loop around it. And you're like, "What? The, this is this is a park bench. It's the same park bench we just walked by." Right. But they their brains don't reason the way ours do, right? They don't understand the concept that it's from a different direction, right? So it's going to look different. Right. It looks different, so it is different yeah. to them. Sure. And that's how they operate. So, you know, if you cross a stream and it's muddy. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So you cross a creek a bunch of times, like, yeah. Then you come to a creek and it's clear and there's rocks and it's rippling. And the horse starts freaking out. It's like, this is another creek. Well, it's like it's totally different because it looks totally different. It sounds totally different. Hmm. So it's like there's so many of those just every day is just like a learning experience, especially for a young horse like Spitz and Penny and these other ones. Like, and uh, and they, but they get better, you know, and, and, I think the biggest thing they get better at is is trusting you that trusting that you're telling them that it's okay and that they they learn to trust that that okay this guy knows what the heck he's talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean if you get in enough wrecks with a horse they're probably just not going to trust you but right. <laughs> you know you you get to the point where they get they're unsure, they're scared, they don't want to but you keep telling them to and then they do it and it's fine and nothing happens. So then okay, so then they can process that. Okay, that that's not such a big deal. And the next time they may get a little anxious, but then they do it. And then, so, you know, it's like, it's, it never happens like, like now instantly, you know, it's always a a process. And it's like, sometimes it feels like you're getting nowhere. Hmm. And then two months go by and you're like, Holy smokes. Yeah, that's right. We just blazed through that section, through that brush over that Creek. Mm -hmm. She never balked one time, you know, and yet two months ago, She'd have been sweating and snorting and, you know, but, but yeah, it's a, it's a continuous kind of process. And, and even with Nakoma, it's been that way because he's, he wasn't ridden much. Okay. And, uh, and so when I got him, it was kind of like, kind of start like starting over and, uh, but yeah, he's gotten to the point where he's, like I said, I'd trust putting anyone on him. I mean, I've. I've led him around with like my little nieces on him and stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) she's, she was four at the time. 
Yeah. And yeah. Oh yeah. She was loving it. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I could see you, you mentioned that you're like the dog or like growing up or whatever else you, you've always had a thing for dogs as well. Uh, I could see that. Uh, I feel like I remember you passionately talking about either your dog or somebody else's dog and just, but I think you're reflecting on your experience and training and this is how you need to do this and they can feel your body language, whatever else. I remember you talking about all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I'm putting words in your mouth, but I could see that transitioning right into horses super easily. Yeah. 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 I mean, dog, I mean, dogs and horses are really similar in that regard that, um, right. They, they, they need a leadership figure. So right. it's either going to be you or one of the horses. Okay. And like, obviously when they're out in the pasture, Nakoma, he's kind of the, the, the top dog of the three horses that we have. Yeah. Um, so out in the pasture, he kind of you know, he kind of runs things, mm-hmm. but, but it's like, yeah, but you have to teach that animal that no, you know, I mean, I'm in charge and, and this is it. Like, I don't let him push me around. I don't let him come into my space unless I invite him into my space. Right. You know, if I were to walk out in the pasture, I mean, it may seem like, like all oh, the horses love you if they come running up to you and they, mm-hmm. you know, they, they greet you and so on. And, and, and some people's horses are like that mine aren't like that i I don't care for my horses to be that way Mm -hmm. um i would rather them be kind of standoffish because they are such a large animal that i don't want them running up to just any old person that happens to come through the pasture or or for out somewhere camping you know Mm -hmm. um but and yeah i mean it it just because i don't give them treats or like just go out and give them like you know just pet them and scratch them and love on them constantly because mm-hmm. i just i don't think that that's healthy as well but i just i just feel like i have kind of a professional relationship with them yeah um i don't consider them pets most people don't consider horses pets yeah um but that's that's the way i look at it you know i mean huh. they're they they have a job and i have a job and you know but it's like yeah, they're not like my buddies or anything, you know. Right. I mean, but your demeanor, the way you communicate with them on a body language level, the way you uh, don't let them overrun you. I mean, if you're going to try to catch them, you have to catch them type of stuff like that. That all makes a pretty big difference, right? I mean, if you have somebody mm-hmm. that is not confident in treating them or not confident in handling them, they can. you can make a bad horse or can you turn that around oh, yeah. or how does that yeah, like uh, there's one guy who said, "You're always training your horse, whether whether you believe you are or not." Okay. And that's and that is the truth. I mean, every time you give ground to a horse, every time you, like I said, if you go out to catch him, and then it's like, oh, oh well, I don't have time. Mm-hmm. I don't have time to ride, so screw it. I, I mean, I've been chasing him for ten minutes. I can't catch him. I don't right. have time. Yeah, and then you leave. You just taught that horse a, a, a very very invaluable lesson for you sure valuable lesson for him that hey if i just keep running he's just gonna give in right you know and then i can go free yeah so there's been times where where like i said the weather affects them so they were on a tear couldn't i mean it was a it was a pain in the butt to catch nicoma Mm -hmm. and i spent like 40 minutes chasing them and i i couldn't go riding anymore but i had to follow through and i and I followed through till I caught him. Right. And then I caught him and I pet him. I picked his feet and, uh, and then just kind of handled him for a little bit and then let him loose. Yeah. And, uh, 
yeah, so it's like, but even those kind of interactions help because a lot of times if you catch them, but then don't take them riding, right? I'll take them, tie them up, tie all three of them up in a line, and I'll like this time of year they're shedding, so it's like, I mean, you could you could brush them nonstop, I think, for right. a week straight, and they'd still be blowing hair. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, so I'll just tie them up and you know pick their feet, brush them. You know, just kind of look them over. It's good to get your hands on them and look them over so you can look underneath them and see if they got any cuts or anything like that. But, right. um, but yeah, and then, and then let them loose. And it's like those kind of interactions help as well because then it's like not every time they're caught do they get put to work. Sure. Know? So, um, but, but, yeah, and it's like when you're with other people, you know, it's, I always tell people, you know, the reins aren't handlebars. You don't ride a horse with the reins. That's those are there as basically like an excuse me, the same way that you would you would touch someone on the shoulder or something in a loud room to be like, hey, you know, to right. get their attention. Yeah. Basically the reins are to get their attention, to get their mind, and then and then, you know, your body and whatever will tell them what you want. Hmm. Um, especially on a horse that's been ridden that way. Like most horses in, in like for the cowboys or ranch sort of horses, they work off leg cues. So okay. um, you lay the, so if you lay your, your outside, you know, you lay like your calf muscle on the side of the horse, the horse will move away from that pressure. So they'll turn away from that pressure. Right. And generally they'll just pick up the reins, just literally lift up the reins just so that it puts weight on the loose portion of the reins that runs to the bit. Yeah. And then the horse will be like, Oh, he wants my attention. So basically when you pick up those reins, it's like telling the horse, excuse me, I want your attention. Right. And then you put the leg on and and then now they're like, they're paying attention. They're like, okay, he wants me to go this way. Huh. But, um, and that's, that's how I want to, I want to train Penny that way because I, not many other people will ride her. Okay. Um, just because of her history with bucking, I, I'd feel terrible if I put someone else on her and, she put him in the dirt or, or the hospital. Right. But, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to, <laughs> to take my bangs and bruises for, you know, but, but I just would rather not have that happen to someone else. Right. But yeah. But what about, not that you have to rank them, but when you're <clears throat> thinking forward to this fall, if you take the horses on hunts and stuff, is it, are you, Again, you don't have to rank them, but are you more excited and it's more about the horses than the hunt? Like, is that ever a possibility or, or how do you look at that relationship? No, I, it's, uh, no, it's one of those things that it's like the elk hunt itself. It, it just, it just wouldn't feel the same without horses for okay. me. Um, and it does, I mean, we have hunted one year with, oh, I don't know if it was one or two years, but we hunted an over the counter unit from a road camp so we didn't have horses mm -hmm. but um but yeah it's like yeah i i don't know it'd be tough especially now owning horses i i i wouldn't i can't imagine going to colorado without him right um but yeah it's it's probably just as much one as the other i mean it, it you know it's fun having an excuse to be with your horses for two weeks straight right i right. mean it's just like anything i mean people that take their dogs camping probably say they enjoy that time with your dog more than the time they have at home when you're you know you got to take them for a walk after work or before work and then you know there's right. this this 
modern day human schedule that you have to abide by but yet you know you, there's a schedule that animal lives by too that you have to respect and you have to you know give them the the uh the mental and physical exercise or whatever but yeah like um because i always say you know if, if you're gonna have an animal the first thing you need to look at is what kind of life can i provide for the animal because if it's a dog if it's a cat if it's a horse right i mean you can't you can't say, oh, well, yeah, I want a dog because I love petting dogs. Well, that, that that's not fair to the animal because right. if, you, if you get yourself a, a plot hound or a walker, you know, those are treeing, treeing hounds that mm-hmm. are built to chase animals through the mountains. It's not fair to take that dog into your home and then, you know, have him as a couch potato. It's right. Like, no, he was... You know, it's the same as you or I, right? I mean, you mm-hmm. couldn't take us and move us to New York City and expect us to be happy. No, right. Because that, that's not an environment that that we would flourish in. Right. But And it's the same way with, with the dog or animal. And it's like that's why dogs come in all shapes and sizes because, you know, and that's a lot of people, I don't want to get a little dog. But it's like in reality that's what you should have because of your living situation and your condition and – your ability to exercise that animal, right? It's right. like if you can't go for a bike ride and a run, don't get a greyhound mm-hmm. <laughs> or a Jack Russell Terrier. They're a small dog, but they need a high level of exercise. Right. And uh and that's why I haven't actually got a dog because it's like I just I just feel like with, with my work situation and everything, it's just it it would be kind of tough. Yeah. That and then it's always hard to deal with a puppy for the first two months, you know, mm-hmm. cause they need a lot of attention and, and I wouldn't be able to provide that. So, yeah. So it's like, I have looked at adopting dogs, but there's just been none that were kind of would be a good fit for what I do and where I would take it. Cause I would take it with me all the time. Right. Hiking, riding horses. Right. So on. But yeah. Yeah. What about on the, on the horse side? Do they, they feel your energy. They feel your mood. Is it a, I feel like I'm relating it. I've heard other, uh, pursuits golf, for example, which I know you're not a golfer, but they can say, they say like the, how you golf in your brain space in that moment is a good testament or a good test to how you are doing on a, I don't know if a mood level or a, or a, a met, uh, mm-hmm. uh, just a, how clear your mind is all that kind of stuff too. Is that true of horses too? Like how you go out and ride and how you interact with that horse and your mood is a good, uh, test towards your current state of mind i don't know if yeah. that makes sense and if if your state of mind is bad the ride will go bad the horse won't get along with you it'll be a a, a rougher situation yeah you know i mean i don't know if it if it if it would quite go that far okay I mean, but but yeah it's definitely there like i i think i mentioned it earlier that they're they really tend to mirror like um you know your your emotional state sometimes and you may not even realize it right um but yeah there's just there's something about you know they're just kind of antsy whatever they're a little bit they're a little bit wound up mm. and uh and it's like yeah and then you <laughs> you look at yourself like yeah well i'm a little excited today right. I'm, I'm ready to run i want to run yeah i want to ride fast today well yeah of course penny wants to run and she wants to be out front because that's what you got going on in yeah, your head. Right? right. I mean, it's like, there's been days like that. And yeah. I'm just like, you know, for the first few minutes of a rider, I'm like, man, she just wants to go, you know? Yeah. And then I'm just like, 
<laughs> and then and then it's like it's kind of funny because then it dawns on you it's like yeah because you do in your heart you want to just take off racing with all these guys you know right. like you haven't ridden in a few weeks and 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 so she's rested and 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 you're just you just want to cover some country and and so yeah it's like it's kind of funny how they just sometimes they'll they'll mirror what you're feeling even though you don't really notice that that's what you're truly feeling but right or the you know the kind of state you're in but yeah, yeah. no it's happened to me on several occasions and in, in, in uh in their they're a lot like anyone or, or any athlete, right? They get better. Mm-hmm. They get more sure-footed the more you ride them. And when it comes to running, they like a really young horse, you really have to run them a lot to get them to actually completely flat-out run. Okay. Because they're like, you know, I mean, obviously, too, they have this foreign thing on their back now. But, right. But, yeah, to get them to really open up and just stretch out and and flat out run it it takes a lot of time you, you need to run them a lot mm-hmm. but yeah it's kind of funny because you know i we do that with penny and it's like man she just like she gets more and more eager to run now hmm. and uh and, and yeah and there's days where where it's like they just want to go and yeah. it's so hard if you have new people with you because the easiest thing to do when they're like that and they're antsy and they want to go and sometimes you don't want to go, but they do. Right. And because you have new people with you. But a lot of times the easiest thing to do is just to let them trot it out for a while. Yeah. Let them lope for a short period of time and just kind of, you know, just like a kid. It's like, I mean, give a kid a candy bar and then tell him to sit still mm-hmm. in math class, right? It's like, well, of course the kid's bouncing his leg and, he, you know, the best thing you could do, you know, if it was an option, would be to just let the kid outside, let him run his head off, right? right? And then you'll come back in and he'd be calm, <laughs> level-headed, and you could right. teach him math. Right. But it's like that's, you know, and that's the hard thing about, the you know, the human situation is like that's what we, that's what we impose on ourselves and on other people, right? We do right. it all the time. Like, oh, you know, ah, I just chugged. 32 ounces of coffee right. and I got to sit down and, and do this. And then we wonder why we have trouble and we keep reading the same line or we right. jump down to, you know, yeah. it's like, <laughs> you know, you should go outside, just go for a run, come back and you'd be probably perfectly focused and, and whatever else. But yeah, but yeah, that's, that's, that's what I've found with horses is like, usually it's, it's, it's easier to not necessarily give to them, but it's hard to teach them anything Okay, when they're, when their energy level is super high. So like if you want to teach them something, a lot of times the best way to do is to warm them up, ride them for a bit Mm -hmm. and then try to, and then just short, like, um, like most good trainers say like 10 minutes. Okay. If you're teaching a horse something or you want them to learn something, they're like work on it for 10 minutes and then be done and go for a nice, just go for a walk with them for half hour to an hour. Hmm. A lot of guys do. So it's like, you know, they're not trying to teach a horse a whole heck of a lot every day, but they're like, they learn really well that way. If you, cause then that long ride and it kind of, they're able to just, whatever it is that just, you know, a lot of the trainers say it's really good for their mind. Cause they hmm. don't, they don't reason as quickly as we do, but they do have the, some cognitive ability, but they say it takes them a long time to like process it. Hmm. So they say, you know, teach them for a short period of time, ride them for a long time, and then let them loose, let them back out in the pasture. And 
you know, but that's how it is. And it's great. And it's great. And it's great. And then one day it's like, you go backwards, like two months and you're like, what is going on? (laughs) But I mean, that's, that's just how it is. And then it's like, but then a week later, it's like, they're right back to where they were. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, sometimes they, they have those, but just like anybody, I suppose they just have their good days and their bad days. But yeah. What about, so you really enjoy working with the horses and, and, and interacting with your horses. Would you ever be pumped to be like a horse trainer or work on a larger scale with other people's horses? Um, yeah, I mean, I just like horses in general, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter whether it's mine or not, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's something that, you know, maybe in the future I'd be interested in doing. I mean, as of right now, I I I would enjoy doing it, but I, there's no way I, I feel I know enough. Okay. Um, it's just a, I mean, and I'll probably be 60 and feel like I still don't know enough, but, um, but it, but it's just like anything, right? And the moment you feel like there's no more to learn, then you should probably look for something else because Mm -hmm. that's not a good place to be. Right. um, But I I wonder to myself that I feel like it's common when you're that head first into something, you know, worlds beyond what I know. I know nothing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know what we've talked about here basically yeah. uh, on, on just a, a concept level. Like, you know it because you've lived and breathed it, right? Mm-hmm. But you, so you know worlds beyond what I know and you, I think you could easily pass that on to a different world if you're in that world and it would be beneficial, but it's just because you know so much that you think you don't know so much, right? You, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. I, I, there's a famous quote that's something like that. Like he says, you, you, uh, until you learn something, you don't realize how little you've known or it's something like that. But, but that's exactly it. Like, you know, I I look back at, you know, elk trips I've had and in, in different times. And and there's a part of me that, that feels a little bit, feels kind of bad for, you know, the way that, the way that I handled horses in the past. and, And sure. But it was due to lack of knowledge. I mean, you can't, Right. I mean, I mean, how can you regret those times? Right. Cause it's like, you didn't know any better, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, like the first time we went up the mountain with, with, with a pack string and we did not let those horses eat enough. Right. And then we had a lot of issues, behavioral issues, right. They were causing problems and like, man, they were just, they were just a bear to, to deal with. Mm-hmm. And, but it's like looking back, I'm like, all those behavioral issues were a direct reflection of an empty stomach. Sure. Like these were thousand pound animals and we just did not let them graze enough. Right. You know, I, they just didn't have enough in their stomachs. They didn't get enough water. Hmm. And, uh, you know, and then after a few days we kind of sorted that out and we, you know, let them graze for hours and hours and hours and, you know, they had free access to water or whatever, but, but yeah, it was that, you know, initial trip and, and everything. And it's like, you know, looking back, you're like, oh, geez, so right. many, so many, um, situations and, and, and rodeos we had that could easily have been avoided Yeah, had we known more, but, um, but yeah, I mean, but you don't, and mm-hmm. that's just, <laughs> that's just the way it goes. It's not like we hurt any horses or, you know, none were injured or anything, but it just, we made their life a little less than desirable for right for that that trip up the mountain but yeah but yeah so nowadays it's like you know and like you just there's like so many little things that that obviously i can't even think of now that Mm -hmm. that i would just do and then someone would be like why would you do that and i'm oh whoa 
Well, yeah, because um, cause their stomachs continually produce acid. So yeah. they constantly need to eat or drink right. to offset that acid in their stomach. And if you don't, I mean, chronically it will create ulcers, but you know, on the short term, it just creates a, an animal that's agitated because he's got a stomach ache right. because he's got acid in there and nothing, you know. So, cool. yeah, it's like, but once you understand all that stuff, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, duh, it's a thousand pound animal that lives on grass. Right. And it's pretty amazing to think like something that large, all it does is eat grass and right. can live yeah. and, <laughs> you know, yeah. and operate the way it does with just living on grass like right like you know it's it's pretty amazing and especially that they don't have stomachs like cattle do or or deer they're not a ruminant so they they have like a you know they're they're they don't have like you know a ruminant stomach where they eat it food and then it kind of kind of half digest then they regurgitate it chew it up swallow it like cattle do Mm -hmm. they just eat it and it kind of goes straight through but it it, hmm. it takes a long time to work through their their system. Okay. But, but yeah. they're yeah, so they're designed entirely different, like biologically than than cattle and, and bison and and deer and stuff like that. But right. kind of a kind of an anomaly really. Huh. But so but that a horse is obviously a world you're pumped about, right? Mm-hmm. Uh weird how that can happen like go back 10 years you would have never predicted that right or would you have did you ever imagine that horses have been this part this no. big of part of your world <laughs> no no for sure i mean it's just like a lot well i mean obviously not hunting i mean i grew up doing hunting but yeah and everything but yeah horses just never i mean yeah it was never i mean my dad and older brothers gone elk hunting from horseback and mm-hmm. it still wasn't like it, there wasn't like nothing that piqued my interest right like i said until i threw a leg over one and then it was like oh geez yeah this is this is is pretty legit right here i'll tell you what (laughs) no it's fun to watch you guys get after it i mean i just see the different clips and whatever else it's cool to see no it is it's neat um i mean they're 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 athletic and intelligent and it's neat like like you said just seeing what they can do i mean i don't I don't like to push them to the point where we could trip, fall, and die or get hurt. But mm. you know, it's it's interesting. Like I said, like they just—I mean, Nakoma's gone from a club-footed, ornery old horse to this like man. He's just sure-footed and yeah. slow-moving, and I mean, but he'll climb anything. Right. I mean, and Penny's the polar opposite. You put her on it, and she's like a jackrabbit. She's bing, 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 bing up to the top. You know, yeah. and Nakoma—he's just slow and steady, four low, two. Yeah. (laughs) But how do you, I guess I want to close it out unless you have anything else, but I'm curious when you're climbing these hills, pretty steep hills, right? Whatever else, Mm -hmm. like how do you position your body to not fall or to like not mess up the horse? Do you like, yeah, how I'm just picturing climbing a steep hill. I wouldn't know how to put my body. Yeah. I mean, like a steep hill, you just lean forward. Okay. Steep hill, you just lay back. Um, Okay. And yeah, really just keep your weight centered. Okay. I mean, I've had them trip and fall. Right. You know, when I'm on them, it's because some of the rough stuff, it gets slippery, whatever. They'll go down, they'll yeah. go down on their knees and, but they'll just jump back up. I just, I'll just kick out of the stirrups and just kind of have my feet dangling just in case they okay. like roll or something that I can just bail. But, right. 
But yeah, then I mean they'll pop back up if you're still on their back and put your feet back in the stirrups, keep going. Yeah. But, but it would mess them up pretty bad. Say you like didn't know what you're doing, and you leaned way into the hill or way whatever. Wouldn't it mess them up or no? Or can they kind of? Well, they that? they could probably counteract that. I mean, okay. um, yeah, but. I always just try to stay centered in the saddle and then, you know, whether I'm going up or down, put that weight forward or back, depending. Sure. And then you kind of got to pitch them the reins. So, you know, you got to give them enough reins so that they can stretch their head out. Okay. Because they use their head and neck for, for balance and so on. So like going right. down a hill, they're going to stretch it out way down. And then, you know, same thing going up a hill or side hill. And they like to, they like to kind of lean their head. And, and so, it, you know, you just got to kind of, give them that freedom hmm. but uh but yeah it's it's no it's something that you know you learn okay because you climb enough hills and figure out <laughs> what works and what doesn't i mean and what's harder on the horse and what's easier on the horse i mean yeah you can climb one hill and she's panting and panting when you get to the top and you climb another one and she's not and it's like well yeah because I, I was you know lunging my weight with her because you can kind of help them you know, okay. when, when they're lunging if you kind of roll your hips with the motion and it, it doesn't that way they're not like bouncing you and then you land in the saddle and then they're shoving you forward again yeah okay but, uh, but yeah okay and then last question too have you had them interact with predators mountain lions or anything like that or come close to anything and and seen their body language show that or have you had any of those interactions no. okay no 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 predators. I don't. I don't even know offhand. I don't even remember ever running into any coyotes. But okay. Um. But yeah, I mean, obviously, new things like bison and 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 even cattle. Sometimes that'll surprise you. Or pronghorn coming out of corners. Pronghorn they take off running. They're a little bit like whip their head. And they're like, what the heck, you know? And they yeah. kind of get excited. But yeah, no, no real predators. But but yeah, those can create a a. <laughs> a a bolt and run kind of situation. Right. You know, I mean, obviously it happens to the most experienced riders, but yeah, yeah, I haven't personally, but. Okay. But no, Nels, I really appreciate it. Fun to yeah. hear about it all. Thanks. Yeah. yeah Thanks for fun. hopping on. Yep. Hey guys, thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have, and you feel so inclined, share this podcast with your friends, subscribe to the podcast where if you listen and give us some feedback with a review. Until next time, thank you.